0: hi everyone it's hannah and holly and we're just here to say that um if you are enjoying the show and you want to show us some support we ha- now have a patreon um, which will be linked in the description so head on over there we've got very exciting things coming uh, including celebrity corner Yay. and bad book club so Woo. if that's something you'd like to hear more about go check it out and check thank you out. for your enduring support we love you
1: enjoy the podcast hello hi and welcome back to another episode of culture hang with me hannah and me holly Holly. um yeah we like to talk about pop culture just the popular stuff and we like to hang out that's generally just what we do and we encourage You'd hang out too in whatever way you can. Maybe you're on your way to work right now or school or university and you're just needing to chill out a bit and this is the way. Or Be maybe your you're just girls. in bed. Maybe yeah. you're hanging in bed and whatever you're doing, we <laughs> love you for it. <laughs> we love it. So join in with the discussion, even if you look weird, you can message us, you can comment on our social media, wherever are everywhere, really, we or are. you can just talk to yourself. <laughs> that also works. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that works better, but it it looks a bit weird. Anyway, Holly, this week pop culture I have struggled with. What about
0: you? Have you? I yeah. I mean, mine is a lot 3 out of 4 are YouTube based, so Right.
1: Okay, so I feel like we've I've only got one and I think my one okay. is maybe one you've got so we can collectively discuss, but I'm so glad you came up with all these <laughs> youtubers because if you haven't listened to an episode of culture time before holly is somewhat of a youtube queen
0: <laughs> it's embarrassing she has
1: all the knowledge <laughs> so on what's happening on youtube but i would say it is her speciality at this point if you want yeah. the news on youtube holly is your gal
0: this is the place to be yeah
1: yeah so holly starts start us off yeah tell us a story <laughs> <laughs> so the small well it's not that small but it's okay. kind of small beginning of the week
0: james charles was dropped by morphe in like a kind of very pr way which makes Mm. people think that he had like a contract or he has an investment in morphy that would make sense i guess it would at this point because he was so like they were the only people that were doing his palette and all Mm. that kind of stuff that makes sense um so yeah so they've said they're no longer gonna stock his stuff um which is good because he is a predator and uh can't they took they took them a very long time to drop in
1: yeah i feel like morphe does tend to work with kind of problematic makeup youtubers or maybe all well maybe just all makeup youtubers that have gotten big are kind of terrible yeah because i know and if you guys know any please let us know but i know there must be really sweet lovely small makeup gurus out there Mm. um just doing the thing yeah, uh, and there is a couple of big ones that I like, to be fair. Um, but I do think there is a bit, because makeup is such a big thing on YouTube, mm. there must be a thing that you kind of have to be a bit mean to do well with it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, like have to be. Yeah, you have to be willing to social climb and, yeah, like, step on people. people. Yeah, which yeah. is what most of them seem to do, to be fair. <laughs> um, so maybe, like to be that successful doing makeup on youtube generally you're just a bit of an awful person i think so
0: there's been too many now at this point that have turned out to be a bit shit so you think okay well there's there's a pattern developing
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i just feel like morphe has tried every makeup youtuber and i feel like they've had Mm -hmm. to drop so many at this point So maybe oh. they should just avoid YouTube now. They're just always <laughs> dropping them. Surely this does something for their sales if they're just you always like so. picking people up, dropping them. Yeah, we're happy that he's been dropped. I guess yeah. so that we need repercussions. We do need repercussions because
0: it's not great.
1: No, it's really not great, and we illegal. do not condone predatory behavior and grooming. <laughs> if that was not obvious.
0: Second item on the list: the reason that Jeff Wittick of the Vlog Squad, uh huh has because when the whole thing with the business insider article and he okay. went on the h3h3 podcast <laughs> and was just caught lying and being he hadn't like, read it had he. he
1: hadn't read the article <laughs> which is great when you go to be interviewed about an article yeah that yeah. you're like being
0: like it's all lies but oh i yeah. did not read that bit oh no i only got to like <laughs> the tagline <laughs> but he was very suspicious about his eye injury and he wouldn't go into oh. detail about his eye injury
1: okay and that.
0: He's now. I don't know if he's made a document. Yeah, I think it's he's made a documentary about it and released the footage of that time. Okay. But the reason he got it was because David Dobrik decided that uh, it would be a fun extreme prank to have. You know those like crane excavator things that they yeah. have, where it's like digging up massive amounts of dirt. I used to
1: be scared as a child that one of them would pick me up.
0: I mean, it's it it's could a happen, scary, right? Piece of machinery. Yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> terrifying. He decided that. They would drive it out to a lake. None of them had, like, a stunt coordinator or anything. (sighs) And they had a piece of string that they tied around the head of the excavator. And he was swinging his friends around the lake on this piece of string. Jeff flies off and hits his eye. And now he has brain damage. And he's lost sight in his eye.
1: So he could, like, sue David Dobrik.
0: Well, David Dobrik's paying for the medical care.
1: To stop him from suing him, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. Can you imagine? I think that there's still like... a claim there, even if someone pays for your medical expenses. <laughs> I think David Dobrik's like, well, that's dealt with now. Yeah, mm. you I just think could still
0: Brain do damage. something.
1: Yeah, that's like a long-term um, problem. That's a life-changing, which means, recession. yeah, which means I think you could still claim even if he pays for your medical. But then I think, because
0: he agreed to do it he's also stupid so like i don't know there's how there's much- two
1: sides also it does kind of remind me that jake paul or one of the paul brothers kind of, they blend into one to me then had a lockdown party one of them i think he had a lot and <laughs> one of them i swear had like a crane thing in the garden that was picking people up and like swinging them around as a fun game oh my god and I feel free to correct me on that if anyone knows if I'm wrong or if I'm missing some of the details but I do genuinely think that was a thing that happened I mean the fact oh. that they were having a party during a pandemic and this was like uh like I feel summertime really yeah. um and then do that does make me think this behavior is definitely maybe not abnormal for mm-hmm. they're just not smart are they
0: no it's so not smart and he is literally like a 14 year old boy that's what it feels like he's just like has a but he's getting all his he's like the conductor of it which is just weird as well that he can manipulate all these people to do this because he's like their cash it's so
1: so weird I hate it anyway he needed someone in his life to tell like to tell him no yeah (laughs) and that's why like is it Jason Nash who was an actual adult there like I know they were all adults but like was an old man compared to them (laughs) <laughs> Could like, why did he never say, like, oh no, this is probably inappropriate? He seems like the worst guy to me. Involved. Oh, I think he would
0: be insufferable. He's
1: dodgy, like, he was that. hanging out with like children and is yeah. doing so recently. Um, and I actually saw a TikTok from Trisha Paytas of him, like, trying, like, sliding it into her DM now being like, would you please call me? I'm trying to call you. <laughs> Because he clearly <laughs> wants her to stop talking about the vlog squad. So, I mean, that all looks terrible as one another. But, like, the fact that there was a man that's a fallen adult, has been married and has two children, mm-hmm. couldn't stand there and go, guys, stop it. Like, this is going to cause someone brain damage.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. So, the final one I've got is Gabby Hannah.
1: Yeah, this is the one. We <sighs> both got it. It, it, it had to be mentioned.
0: It had to be, I I don't think she's mentally well. And
1: that's not me being like pop psychologist
0: of it. This is not the actions of someone who's mentally, like the screaming of the videos.
1: (sighs) This is why I kind of want us to like, I don't want us to just sit here and talk about her. I think we've kind of like decided this in the past that like she gets enough hate already. Like a lot, like people Mm -hmm. in her comments and stuff like that. They're not. They're just hating the way, which you know there is valid reason for some of it. But do remember, it's always a person at the end of it. So, valid criticism, yes. Don't say like mean, really, really horrible things. However, yeah. so I don't want us to just be like, ha ha ha. Me, 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 this, me. No, but we are going to obviously give her valid criticism for doing the what wrong thing. Does. Yeah, doing what yeah. she does. But at the end of the day, yeah, I think the thing that we want to say is she does seem like she needs some help at the minute Mm -hmm. so we're not gonna sit here and be like ha 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 but we are gonna like mention it because it's yeah exactly everywhere
0: and yeah she is trolling possibly uh she's decided to lash out against rachel oates about the criticism but this was like months ago i don't know why she's so bringing it the, up now it
1: seems very trisha paytas to me like yeah. it seems like older trisha paytas behavior so i don't know if she's like observed that and seen like that because trisha's doing very well now um mm. and trisha paytas's career has kind of gone on the up whereas gabby hannah's yeah. has continued to go on the down so i don't know if you've seen that and decided to move on to a trisha route um mm. but it's the thing she was saying about rachel who did, like, Rachel's videos were valid criticism of poetry. Yeah. It wasn't really, like, it criticism... It wasn't an of... on her. No, it was just the poetry and, you know, you can just not watch the videos. Yeah. Um, she sent her the book. She sent her the
0: book because the first one that Rachel Oates did was so kind of nuanced. She She gave it much more credit yeah. than I think it deserved. Uh-huh. She gave it a balanced response, I think. And mm-hmm. she still... Her overall thing was that it was badly written and you know quickly rushed through that sparked a whole load of critiques of gabby's poetry and other poetry books which you know it's the internet if someone sees if that's an interesting topic then you're going to talk about it as well you've got to expect that with the things that you put out there she sent her her second poetry book god dandelion to rachel oates she reviewed it and she was like this is also bad and Gabby Hannah's turned around and being like, you're bullying me when I've put out this beautiful thing into the world and you're bullying me because I'm neurodivergent. It's
1: like, uh... Well, the thing is, like, I maybe we see it differently because if anyone doesn't know me and Holly did an english literature degree so we're kind of used <laughs> to like criticizing people's work it's like normal to us i Part guess at this course. point yeah. and i would say that poetry is one of the most criticized bits of like literature you Absolutely. can do because it's so yeah. subjective like mm-hmm. i have read bits of poetry by very famous poets that people love and i've just thought i don't like it yeah. and that's okay yeah. like i cannot like that if gabby thinks that her poetry is good then it's good, like, it's good to her. If some people read people it and enjoy it, it, yeah, then that's good, exactly. that's good enough, like, that's okay. And to be honest, all press is good press. Rachel yeah. hating on it probably gave it more press and, like, probably then more people bought it, even if they were buying it, it just to, like, hate on it. yeah, They bought it, you've got sales. So at the end of the day, if she likes it and she thinks it's good poetry, and even if she has five people who read it and go, this is really good poetry, I really resonate with this, Mm -hmm. That makes it good poetry to her but people are still allowed to say this is not for me. I don't like it. I think this is bad. That's just how art works. Art is subjective. She said this herself in the past but the stuff she was saying about Rachel was just mean and Mm. she called her a loser. She said that no one cares about her unless she's talking about Gabby. Mm. Um... And then all these tweets that she was writing about Rachel, she then posted them on her Instagram story and tagged Rachel in them because Rachel does not have Twitter anymore. So she tagged, she made sure to go on a platform that Rachel had so that she could see them. Mm. And Rachel was basically like, just stop. I don't want to be a part of this. Um, And she said, it's been months since I reviewed any of your work. Just accept the constructive criticism and write better. Um, but then Gabby wrote, like, fired back and said that Rachel was narcissistic and abusive.
0: Which is just not. Like, it's it's just not. But it, every no. criticism she sees, I think she's so desperate to be liked and so, so desperate but yeah. for everybody to read her work the way that she reads it. Yeah. But people aren't not everyone's gonna like you or your work that's just part of the world and you're like 33 and you should know this by now and but if you've got mental health issues then obviously that's gonna flare it up yeah and this is the response of somebody who's probably not very mentally well she's done this before on the internet Mm -hmm. she's had this kind of reaction and you just think oh i I want you to get help i don't want you to be doing this you know people trying to be compassionate towards you but when you're turning around and being so horrible and mean it's like, why did you need to do that? Why, yeah. why are you I mean, using the to do this?
1: I don't see a time that we're going to suddenly become fans of Gabby Hanna. Oh, I'm never going to like her. No, I mean, after everything she's done, and that's not just regarding the poetry. I mean, she yeah. defended a, or like rapist. went back to being friends with a rapist who had raped her friend, let's yeah. remember. So like, at the end of the day, I'm never going to be able to put that aside and go and be a fan of hers. But I'm... Yeah. Um, also, not going to be someone who doesn't recognise that it does seem like she needs help at this point mm-hmm. in time. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. Say, that doesn't mean I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'll forgive everything she's saying because she's kind of doing a thing which she's done before, which is kind of encouraging her fans to go and hate on someone
0: else.
1: Mm. Um, yeah. even if we might think there's not many Gary Hannah fans left, there's. I mean, what? will she she probably has like. Over a million subscribers, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, it's a lot. And like, even of people if they're still. not
1: active subscribers and they don't like her anymore and they just don't realize they're subscribed to her, let's say a hundred thousand of them are like dedicated fans. That's a all lot of, of them people. are reading what she's saying and yeah. reading that Rachel Oates is a bully and all of this. They're mm-hmm. gonna then go and hate on Rachel, mm-hmm. who is just giving constructive criticism. So it's a difficult one, but it's not it's not good <laughs> no. it's just sad
0: to see that she's doing the same yeah. thing because i mean we did an episode on youtubers way back in yeah. the beginning it was like our third episode or something it's so long and ago I, now <laughs> i know and i talked about gabby hannah because she was kicking up a fuss then it's like yeah. yearly a yearly cycle
1: i've no i don't know that i've ever seen her do it in this way though like this no this different is different to me. I, like in in the past I feel like you could kind of understand the mindset she was coming from. Like it wasn't, Mm. it never made fully full sense, but you could be like, okay, well, I get it. Like for example, with the her drama with Trisha Paytas, with the Mm. wanting to tell her friend that he might have been dating someone with an STD, even though it wasn't her place to do so, you could kind of see why someone would do that. I don't know, like it was dealt with in such a bad way, but you could kind of see the logic. But this one, when I looked at it, I was just like, no, this seems like this doesn't seem like someone who's in the right headspace like no. this seemed n- like not good um yeah. so please don't bully anyone <laughs> 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 don't bully gabby don't bully rachel um but yeah feel free to recognize that what gabby's doing right now is not good and yeah, mean not well. same yeah um But yeah, have your own opinions on things as well. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess. Um, Have you got any other pop culture moments from the week?
0: Uh, This one I only saw this morning. Okay. Uh, Zac Efron has a new face.
1: So I had seen this too. And I feel because we don't know the whole story. It's like, I don't want to be too harsh. (laughs) But his face is different. Yeah. Let's say that.
0: I think... Plastic surgeons are saying that he's probably had fillers in his jaw to change the shape yeah. of his jaw and possibly with his like lips. His lips, as well. I
1: definitely feel like he's had lip fillers and his jaw yeah. too. And maybe like a lot of comments I've seen are saying that he's uh like a really self conscious person or something like that. Mm. So I feel kind of sad, but then yeah. I've seen others about I remember this being re- reported that he'd broken his jaw at one point. So I don't oh. know, maybe it's when like he broke his Well, I don't know, maybe when he broke it, I don't think it was made, like, when it set, it was maybe not the same jaw that he'd had before, and now maybe he's, like, trying to make it better. I don't know, maybe he's insecure about it, but it was a surprise.
0: It was a surprise, like, and I don't know, I just didn't expect his face to look (gasps) like that, and I mean, obviously, it's his face he's happy he's happy yeah but i the sad news was that he broke up with his like normal girlfriend oh, who was a waitress they've been <laughs> together for 10 months he was going to move to australia with her because no. she was like they were having a great time in quarantine and they've broken up so that's actually the sad part yeah of story. <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> the
1: thing is, at the end of the day whatever his face is like zach Efron seems to be a genuinely nice person i think he is yeah and so yeah. i don't know he came up to me and he was like hannah you're the one for me, I'd be like, okay. (laughs) This is my life now. (laughs) This is my life. I don't even know that I really find him attractive at this point in time. Well, I don't really think I do, but that's nothing to do with him. I just... I can only really dedicate myself to a certain amount of celebrity men at once, you know? Like, there's only so many I can deal with. And so many of them are problematic. Like, I have to limit myself because I I don't want to be disappointed. Wow. So, it's the the way we've got to live.
0: (laughs) All I can hear in my head is the, I hate all men when he sees me.
1: (laughs) Well, that's maybe me with Zac Efron now. I just feel like he would treat me right. I mean, the fact he was willing to move to Australia... I've spent like
0: 10 months in quarantine is, I think, like five years. In, yeah, in, like, a right. Relationship. That's dedication. 10 months is a long time to spend with someone that you've just met. So they must have been really happy. <laughs> but now that it's amicable. Yeah. Which is
1: good. And she looks so nice. She looks lovely. Mm. Sad. I hope I... he's okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, same. Everyone's okay. <laughs> I just hope he's okay. But I will say his face was a surprise. It was a surprise. Yeah. It was, it was a, a surprise. Shock. Um... I will mention some small pop culture things I've seen this week, just because like, I don't have enough information on them. And also, I feel like we could maybe cover them in more depth in another podcast. Well, one of them we've already covered, so I didn't want to go too into. Um, have you seen the stuff about Demi Lovato? Oh, that was my other one. I forgot to write it down. Yes, I've seen yeah. the Demi Lovato yogurt
0: thing. What's right. going on with that? You
1: don't know. Demi Lovato went into this, like it's, I think, kind of a famous yogurt, frozen yogurt place in LA so I do know what because frozen yogurt seems wrong but I don't say yogurt obviously um so she went into this frozen yogurt place in LA that I think is quite famous but it's like a uh family-owned business I think I don't think it's okay. a, I don't think it's a big company uh and they had a lot of I think she called them diet products and I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of them were maybe like Maybe some of them were marketed as like skinny food and stuff like mm. that. But some, I think the idea of them was that they would be good for people, like people with diabetes or yeah. um, people who, who can't have sugar, stuff like that. Celiac, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff like that. But the response to this was not good because people were like, you are attacking a family owned business that is probably trying to recover after a pandemic. Mm. Um, and just because it's triggering for you.
0: Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean that you need to go on be this public, like, rant,
1: like, weird, really weird ranting. It was weird. But it's another thing that, like, I had seen people. I I think because I maybe watched one of the videos, it's all on my TikTok now. But (laughs) I do think some people are being too harsh. And I would just remember at the end of the day, she does have an eating disorder. And if she's struggling with that, her reaction may not seem rational to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fine to call out that what she's done was not right and that, you know, the business needs to b- continue. Because <laughs> other people like it. That's okay. You can call that out. But don't. I've seen a lot of people just like attacking her personally. People attacking her haircut and stuff like that. Mm. Which, but just keep it on like valid criticism, guys. Yeah. Like she's having a she's had a rough time. And then a lot of people saying like, "Oh, it's the third paid for documentary about your addiction for me." We have criticized it in our videos on Demi mm. Lovato's documentaries. You can go watch them. But I would say we don't. Like, I wouldn't necessarily jump to blaming Demi Lovato for oh, that God, because. No. Think it's of all the management, yeah, the management that's behind her. that will be like, "We can get more money from another documentary. <laughs> Fab, let's do one." Yeah. And at the end of the day, if she chooses to profit off her own trauma,
0: who's to uh, say. Yeah, no,
1: let her do it. Like she's been through yeah. a lot. I'm okay with her doing it. Yeah. yeah, fine with me. Um, so I don't know. Just not. Yeah, that's just kind of a weird one. And then the final one that I don't want to get into too much because I do feel like we could maybe. Cover this in our podcast if people are interested. Have you seen this stuff on TikTok about this band Tramp Stance? I have seen the trap stamp slander. I oh yeah, it's insane. I love the slander. Um, yeah, like I say, if people want to hear more about it, we are happy to go into it because I think it would oh, be yeah. interesting. Because the rumor is they are industry plants, mm-hmm. um, but also they seem to just be kind of terrible. Uh, their <laughs> music's not good. I actually listened to the song in full to make sure I could give a valid criticism of it. And it's not good. It's not. <laughs> There's weird amounts of auto tune in it, really. Like you know when people do uh, like <laughs> they just add robotic voice. And I don't know the like actual name of it, of it but like they're not adding it. Uh, they're not adding it to make their voice better. They're adding it to sound like a robot. Maybe okay. It's kind of like that. I'm explaining that very badly. And then a lot of the song is just them listing men's names. like famous men and michael and something and bob and meh and they do that for a long time they're just naming the (laughs) names of straight white guys if you don't know that's the name of the song um and then everyone's like they are two i think two of three of them are just straight white girls so i think a lot of people like it seems a bit hypocritical the song's about how they're never gonna sleep with another straight white guy yeah i mean one of them's married to a straight white guy so <laughs> it's a bit offensive to him <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like this is how i'm telling you that it's over yeah, it's over
1: <laughs> it does feel like they are industry plans and the marketing team behind it has been like women love to hate on men um girl boss <laughs> queens and they've yeah, I don't decided know their that
0: actual names all i he- keep hearing is
1: gatekeep gaslight girlboss gate love it love that phrase (laughs) we left last week with some bad comedians and we put them Mm -hmm. on the table and we'd said comedians can sometimes be bad (laughs) and then we thought what else is terrible sometimes (laughs) tv shows for teenagers for teenagers (laughs) yeah i feel like teenage tv shows i think probably have always been kind of terrible i Mm -hmm. think they are overly dramatic Mm. and they try and cover topics that maybe they're not able to but (laughs) at the end of the day people enjoy them especially Mm -hmm. teenagers at the time I think we've probably all been guilty of at some point in our lives liking something that is probably not the best and the (laughs) writing is probably bad and everything so I guess to premise this which is probably the wrong word but to start this um we just kind of want to say, if you watch these shows and you enjoy them, we're not trying to take them away from you. Oh, no, 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 no. Because you are allowed your guilty pleasures, you know? And they don't have to be guilty. You can just enjoy it. Um, But we do want to just judge them because that's what we do. We're sad, sad women. (laughs) We're not sad women. This is just the media (laughs) that was put
0: in front of us when we were growing up and then we were supposed to be like, oh, this this actually isn't normal now that I'm an adult. Yeah what was it for you though what was your teen show that you loved but you look back and you think why did i spend so much time watching this
1: i I would say in terms of tv in a very pretentious way because as as a teenager (laughs) i do think i was terrible um i matured quite early and like probably at the age of Um, like 13 I was above teenage shows but below that age (laughs) so I never watched like Gossip Girl and things like that i never I think I watched the first season of Vampire Diaries and I have the DVDs of it and that was probably it (laughs) um so before that anyone who grew up in the UK and had the channel E4 and woke up really early before school may remember that they used to show like reruns of one tree hill and 90210 on the mornings and then glee once glee had come out um and it would they would play from like 6 a.m to 8 a.m and i would get up really early before school so i could catch like Nine Two One O. so i definitely think it was 90210 and i i watched and i never talked to about it to anyone because i think i tried <laughs> to talk to it with someone once and they were like what is that and i tried to explain the plot and they were like that sounds horrific um so i think it was that and then at the age of 13 i was like no now i'm going to invest all my energy into sherlock or something like that i don't know yeah. what about you holly <laughs> what was yours
0: <laughs> i think i remember vividly watching pretty little liars because uh, we had netflix quite early on yeah so pretty little liars and i watched a lot of the seasons when i look back and i used to do the same thing i used to watch because they were like an hour-long 40 yeah. minutes song i would watch it early before i went to school
1: i to think that gives a just... good image of who me and holly are you go super early for school and then watch teen dramas but this is the thing i feel i really missed out on things like pretty little liars like i just people laugh about them now and they're like "Ha, hey, i can't believe we enjoyed that and i think i feel sad that i was not a part of that no but they
0: were bad and like i think the one that probably still stands up is teen wolf I, love, I wish I'd watched Teen Wolf. I love Teen Wolf. And that was like the Tumblr days, though. That was everywhere on Tumblr, and I could talk about it with my friends at school. Do you know what I've
1: just like... remembered that I was embarrassingly into, because you said Tumblr and Teen Wolf, and I I, I, I is actually feel... No, I feel really embarrassed about this guy. That, like, <laughs> that? You're going to think it's not that embarrassing, but you will. When, cause, so, okay, when I was like, between the ages of like 50, no, probably like 14, 16, I was very into the TV show um Once Upon a Time. Oh. <gasps> I forgot about Once Upon a Time. I forgot like I think I'd blocked this from my memory because <laughs> this was unhealthy and you I've never spoken about this to you Holly before. So this is kind of the first time I'm talking about it because it I actually feel embarrassed <laughs> of myself because I this was my everything. It came out in America like On Sunday evenings or something. I would wake up on Monday before school at like 5am. Illegally access it. Watch it. And I would get to school and I would force my friends to listen to me talk about the whole plot of what happened in Once Upon a (laughs) a Time. I still have. Do you know what was the most embarrassing thing? I went to get a new phone like two years ago. um, Because my old one had broken. And they were trying to see if they could get my photos over from my old one. And it was like all the photos I've ever had. And for some reason the first one that showed up on the new phone was like the first photo i'd ever had of my old one or like the first couple and it was just like screenshots of um once upon a time from tumblr like (laughs) loads of them i like the whole i have i still have them i still have them just screenshot and i it wasn't healthy (laughs) i I can't believe that you remember i you remember i'm sorry for interrupting but as soon as you said teen wolf um Tumblr, I remembered because like they were kind of big on Tumblr at the same time, mm. I feel like I was really see gifts of both of them. Yeah. And I always wanted to get into Teen Wolf. Yeah, because I tried to watch
0: Once Upon a Time and I got so confused because I was like, why is why is the guy from Fifty Shades in this?
1: Why is this his Yeah, like- right? I don't think anyone addresses that <laughs> but um Jamie Dornan's like in two episodes of <laughs>
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Only two episodes. Oh my god Maybe more. Like-
1: He's maybe six.
0: And the woman being Snow White, I was like, okay I don't think it's I could so I can kind bad. of believe it, but I
1: can't no, it's I'm... so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I actually feel embarrassed. Like I don't like talking about it because it's a very embarrassing sore spot for me. That yeah, I I dedicated so much of my life to this to at one point be watching it. They did a musical episode in the last season. At that point, I I I think I just like snapped out of a curse and was like, oh <laughs> no. Taking it too far yeah so there we go like i actually was an embarrassing teenager i was trying to act like i was really cool i was not um i was probably the least cool teenager because while other teenagers were watching things that like were kind of like i feel like gossip girl and pretty little liars were kind of fun and sexy teen dramas and i was watching the worst of the worst because i was watching a (laughs) disney teen drama so i was a disney girl
0: (laughs) Oh, the other one that I've just remembered is um, I watched, I tried to watch Vampire Diaries, found Elena really irritating. Oh, she's um, the worst. But really loved the originals.
1: Actually, I, I watched Vampire Diaries, I think, for two seasons because I'd read the books because I loved vampires. Um, <laughs> I, too, found her irritating. And I always wanted to get into the originals, and, but I couldn't find where it was on because I really liked oh. Klaus. Yes, they're all great. I think because it's like
0: history and they're all old vampires. And it was like, it was in set in New Orleans. Loved it. Great. If you don't want to watch Vampire Diaries, watch the original. Do you know they have like a new,
1: like a sequel to the Vampire Diaries now about like the children?
0: Oh, no, they don't. Yeah, They
1: do. So that's out there.
0: Yeah, I think it's bad. I think it's not meant to be good. (laughs) Anyway,
1: so Holly, start us off. Who are you talking about today in terms of team dramas? And yeah, just get into it
0: yeah the what i did actually watch the first season of this it was uh i'm talking about 13 reasons why Woo. <laughs> which oh my god what a
1: f- absolute like
0: dumpster fire
1: so i, I have never Americans watched call it i've never watched it so this is going to be new to me but i obviously know the things that happen in it because i had read the book when i was younger
0: oh i had the book i never read it because so Hannah, movie. right? Yeah, she's called Anna. So I feel like I
1: read the blurb and I was like, money. <laughs> and then I read it and like, I was young when I read it. So I did not realize it was problematic. And then I think I started reading articles on the TV show and I was like, oh, okay. I kind of learned from its mistakes. Uh-huh. And, that, and that's how I learned like that these things are not acceptable on TV and why <laughs> they're wrong. So that's going to be cool to learn from Holly. So let's hear it for the boys. Yeah.
0: I remember, I think I watched, it came out when we were in year 10, so we were, like, kind of old, getting on up there in high school but years. It, what's the and
1: rating of the show? Sorry to interrupt. The rating of it? Like, 18? Like the, I think it's only a 15. It's a 15. Right, so, but it is for, like, older teenagers then. Like, it yeah. was it was definitely marketed to people our age when it came yeah. out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you were in the last years of your high school, yeah. really. so uh, we should have been the people enjoying it.
0: We really should have. Mm-hmm. Um I remember we were all like collectively traumatized by its content. Yeah, like it was a thing when you got. Excuse me, when you got to the end of it, and you were like, "Okay, don't don't think this is." Mm, so when no. you
1: when you first watched it, did you think there's something wrong with this? Or yeah. Were, yeah. So immediately that was clear to you that like that should yeah. not be shown. Yeah.
0: I think the. That- characterization was really weird but like the rape scenes and the yeah. suicide scene which you know they didn't take down for years and was, now it has
1: been taken down it has been yeah. taken
0: down and they have like a warning read by all the cast members at the beginning of being right like, which is this kind is of good. conversation but like, my mm, this is the content you're putting out in the world it's not helping um but yeah the it also birth- birthed the meme. This is my thirteenth reason, which I still hear people use, which is funny. I, I heard someone use it earlier Yeah,
1: I kind of feel like uh, when I hear it, I'm like ha ha, and then I'm like oh. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, we're not. My plan is not to like lightly discuss the topics because no. they're absolutely horrendous. So I will be putting some links for like samaritans and places you can get help if you are any if you're triggered by any of these uh issues and if you're Mm -hmm. not in the right headspace to listen to us talk about any of the content warnings just you know skip to my bit skip my bit and then yeah we'll we'll try and put in timestamps too so check out the description
1: at now before we really get into it
0: yeah because then we're gonna have a laugh at the end hopefully yeah hopefully we'll we'll bring up
1: some mood after the darkness (laughs) but we need to discuss it because we're going to discuss the Bad things that teen drama does, so we have to hear this. We do,
0: we do. Okay, so I remember me and you having like quite a few discussions about this show and the- how dangerous it actually is, because there are ways with how media can present or discuss yeah. suicide, especially teen suicide, mm-hmm. that in that doesn't encourage copycat suicides. Yeah, because if someone is in a dangerous place and then they see like a step by step guide on how to do it mm-hmm. it could set them off and i mean you can't really blame the show for causing an increase in teen suicide yeah. which but i definitely think if people watched that it and it was a contributing factor then it's oh it's just it shouldn't have been done because in the first place like that episode should not have would you that say ever.
1: that it was romanticizing it 100 yeah. percent. well that's why like it impacts people because it's seen as kind of a romantic thing to do which is never how it should be seen
0: no no and um they didn't remove it until a couple of years after it first was released so it did have like a long period of time where it could have been viewed and Mm -hmm. caused damage that i don't think the writers or anyone on the show has taken accountability for which i think is hugely dangerous considering it's just been endorsed because they've had like three more seasons after that so
1: baffling that it did because <laughs> really it, it should just end yep. with so instead of just ending it or at least like using a second season to fix the mistakes of the first season yeah, it used yeah. the other seasons to
0: get progressively worse Oh, definitely. And it was like, right, this is our thing now. We can discuss teenage trauma. So here are all the other traumas.
1: (laughs) We're going to do them all badly. Every single trauma imaginable.
0: (laughs) They were like, we're the people to do this and to do it well when they
1: just... You never are.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) So even the whole premise of the plot Mm. in the book as well. But I imagine the book's done differently because it's it can be an internal monologue, which is different. Yeah. Whereas this it's like the romanticization of suicide it's like she's able to exist beyond her death and that she can live on and she can influence her life after her death which is not the case once no. you're dead you're dead Like yeah. that gives the, the false premise that I mean obviously the people around you will be in grief and that will yeah. change people's lives but actually changing the narrative after you've died and like giving it a reason it's so, so dangerous. Yeah. And like it's like she's able to watch over their lives and she appears all the time as a ghost or like a hallucination for Clay in the later seasons and stuff as he's yeah. like losing his mind. But um her suicide is also presented as like the only option and that these are all the different steps that she took and that she- if one person turned around and said, Reach the handout and try to help her, yeah, it could have all been different when that's like not the case. Yeah. It's not there's mental health issues that, sh- that hannah baker was clearly suffering yeah. from that they place less of a emphasis on than they do like other people's bullying and actions to her towards her and that's why they all contributed to her like killing herself yeah. and that's just bad like objectively yeah terrible <laughs> so um doesn't only romanticize suicide it romanticizes self-harming one of the characters, I think in the second or third season, uh, says, suicide is for cowards. This is what you do not to commit suicide when she um, is called out for the scars on her arm. Okay. So, um, no, that's not true. They're, these, All these things are symptoms of wider mental health issues, not the end result. These are not the only ways to solve problems for yeah. mental health. Like, that's a, such a dangerous yeah. message to push on people. Um it shifts the blame of responsibility of Hannah's own actions to take her life on the people around her without accounting uh, that she actually made that choice herself and that it was her mental health yeah. that was like the biggest contribute in fact, it was everyone else's shitty actions towards her that pushed her over the edge. Um, yeah. And that's like such a trope as well, I feel like at this point. yeah, It's so dangerous to think like and that's what they carry on into the further seasons like if one person had just been kind and had turned okay. around and made a difference like she would still but be here today it's like such a
1: fuck no. it's a misunderstanding. like okay there are instances and not demeaning those instances where severe bullying does lead mm-hmm. to like bad mental health and escalating oh, into absolutely. suicide and it always has. That happens that's true like yeah always be aware of what you're saying and stuff like that however it sort of demeans the idea that like sometimes like it doesn't understand mental health and sometimes depression is not really set on by something that's why it's depression no. and not just sadness if there was a reason yeah. for it it would be a reasonable reaction to something happening but that's yeah. not what it is most yeah. of the time it's just like a pit that you fall into and then when it mm-hmm. gets to the point where you just can't see a way out at all you slowly Start to think about these things, and yeah. so it just kind of plays into the traditional trope of like suicide is only the result of like terrible people, so be kind mm. it's mm. it's kind of just a bad understanding of mental health, which I didn't really need Absolutely. to be said, I think that was kind of obvious, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think it's it's important to like point it out like that because it's such a glaringly obvious mistake yeah. from two people who are not like we were teenagers but and you know everyone's got their own mental mm-hmm. health issues but like we're not psychologists no no if you talk to any psychologist if you talk to anybody if anyone took responsibility on that writing team anybody with half a brain would be able to go actually no this this doesn't seem right why are we doing yeah. this now
1: but they did did yeah did they i thought that they had consulted professionals or like uh, mental health professionals and they just ignored them i might be misremembering mm. that but from what from vague things that i've seen on right. tumblr back in the day when it came out <laughs> i remember that being a thing that they had actually maybe consulted someone like samaritans and samaritans had been like yeah mm. one of the, like given them the rules they have about how you portray these things on television and one of them is specifically do not show the act um and they yeah. just ignored it it was there in front of them and they chose mm. to do shocking over accurate and healthy yeah.
0: and okay so i actually ended up reading this really good huffington post article that i'll link um that yep. brings up the issues that they're not being a structure that currently exists for this kind of show that is so issues based to do it well mm-hmm. um and that's how we get into this like troubling territory because there's no other option presented for the teenage characters there's only suicide self-harming which is like the trope that they just keep repeating and repeating over and over because so many of these characters like everything wrong happens to them they should all They shouldn't have all
1: survived (laughs) by the end of it with everything that happened. Um, (laughs) But that's like typical trope of teen drama. Like it mm -hmm. happened in all of them. I think this was just, this show's different because they chose to to have the central plot of it be mental health. Yeah. But think about all the ridiculous plots teen dramas do. Mm -hmm. They, like Pretty Little Liars, I haven't watched it, but I know they covered some... (laughs) big things for you like chop I mean, someone's head off at yeah, but like the first season you have a 16 year old girl having a relationship with her teacher and it's completely like romanticized don't they end up together in the end yeah I think so so like you have that but I think because the show doesn't choose to center itself around like pedophilia everyone just kind of like <laughs> moves on with it and they're like okay well okay the show's not about that so we'll move on <laughs> whereas if you made the show about pedophilia and then you have her end up with him it's like uh no yeah. and that's kind of what they did here in that like they, they made a show about mental health and then did it in the worst possible way which mm. is why they have the reaction they did whereas I th- if i think they'd just done a teen drama everyone be like okay i don't love the representation yeah. but it's a teen drama yeah
0: what But did they you chose. Expect? yeah they were like but we no, they- we're going to talk about suicide <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just oh it's mm, 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 mm. um okay so there's also no emphasis on opening honest communication for the characters they say it in their like opening statement they are like this is to start a conversation because you know people don't talk about these things and it's like okay you also don't talk about these things as characters in the show you all just end up killing yourselves or yeah trying to like shoot each other up because that's a plot line as well that well i to. guess
1: like the the way that they could have done it better i'm not gonna say well um but that would be if instead of suicide they showed how you could get help and like that's how to exactly cuz that's it. yeah that's what they're saying so hard to do and it is hard to do yeah. to like that's what everyone says like the first step yeah. is being able to talk about it and admit you need help that's hard so if they'd shown like how you could do that who you can go to mm-hmm. if you maybe didn't have family that you wanted to talk to who could be helpful they never showed that so yeah. they, they never only,
0: they only showed it with the school counselor who turns us back on Hannah after she opens up about with being raped and then that's it like that's when she goes home and she decides like no one's going to listen to me and if you have that but then you should have like help for the other characters who should be instead of like going to therapy and showing them taking like discussing different things about mental health and there's Mm -hmm. just none of it and it's like god you're only you're giving these characters trauma after trauma after trauma and then the only way, you don't give them a way to deal with it healthily for a young impressionable audience, so that yeah. everyone, all they th- see is it being like, oh, well, I'm left with my own demons, everyone's alone in the world, ultimately. There's no hope for me. That's the overriding yeah. thing. <sighs> <sighs> okay, one thing I didn't think about, but it makes complete sense when I read it in the article, the show centres the narrative of a dead white girl seen through the male gaze of her male classmate, Clay. Which, Very uh, true.
1: Very is... manic pixie dream girl, is it not? Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like you've turned a new version of it. Apparently, you've turned this dead girl. And like oft-
0: often, the manic pixie dream girl's killed off anyway, isn't she? Yeah. But it's this, typical. it's like a weird little. Ooh, we're gonna do something different with it. Like she's already dead, but she's still like quirky and cute. And we're gonna live through her well, life in flashback.
1: Seems... It seems similar to. Um... Looking for Alaska, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like we'll kill off the girl midway through, and then romance. And I get that. I get that that book is trying to like say that that's wrong, but this TV show's not showing it's wrong. They're being (laughs) like, let's romanticize the girl. (laughs) So,
0: um, and yeah, her depression is seen as like a quirky eccentricity and as the article puts it uh, the show does not discuss how and why mental illness contributes to suicidal ideation just as much as the social conditions of bullying sexual assault and poor decision making it's just like ooh she's depressed and she's yeah. sad and only if Clay the man said hi to her more and he, didn't mean- he wasn't mean to her like the rest of the people then she would have been saved and she would have been okay because she made his life better and it's like oh my god this is-, this is so twisted and gross that yeah they made her a manic pixie dream girl which is just yeah. weird
1: yeah
0: okay so now we get onto to the subsequent seasons which i haven't watched so i'm sorry if anyone that really bugs anybody that i'm um, criticizing things i haven't watched but i've watched a lot of videos about it yeah. so i well,
1: think I that's guess the same thing that's just <laughs> a, it's a discussion point if you have watched it and you disagree with what holly's saying or you do think that it deserves like credit for something it did yeah. just let us know because we are interested in hearing it but did i mean i think it's valid <laughs> that you didn't go on to watch it two more seasons of a show that you didn't want to support i think that's fair watching critical videos on it seems fine
0: yeah because i was just like where are they gonna take it yeah because the the first season ends like the first book does so and there's only one book so like genuinely where have they got all these other plots from anyway oh so um yeah they've managed to milk four seasons out of a bad bad plot i don't understand it um they've subsequent seasons have been characterized by the guardian as missing the mark depicting adolescence as a time of cloying sweetness and unbearable cruelty so it's essentially like a soap opera um and mixed with one of those terrible educational videos that we all saw that were like from the 90s that were like the issues facing teens today that were just <laughs> like this is not i can barely make out the what you're trying to dispute yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one. And two, nobody talks like this. Like, no. oh, I just remember those videos. They were terrible. Um, okay, so in the second season, there's a graphic another graphic depiction of sexual violence, which um is viewed as exploitative and lurid. Um but they at least try to follow the impact of Hannah's death on the characters because I think it's like based on a court case. So her parents are suing the school cause they could have done more in like their duty of care. Yeah. So it's seen through like flashback of different characters talking about Hannah. It's just, I don't know, it's like a lazy way of making more content out of the same thing. I mean,
1: like I say, it wasn't a bad idea to follow up with the second season if they were going to use it to like, because they received criticism after the first season, so that the second season could have been an opportunity to be like, oh, actually Mm. let's undo some of that. But they instead... Because you can see those kind of steps to do that in having, showing the Like what happens after this Mm -hmm. happens? Um, Yeah, but they did it in a bad way again, which I guess wasn't a surprise.
0: No, because they did it badly the first time, and it's if you've got the same writing team, then it's going to be like nothing nothing much has (laughs) got to (laughs) change. Yeah. Um. So they look at her character more, but there's a whole new narrator in the third season who's like this transfer student, and she's British and um she just makes all these like weird comments and judgments about the other characters issues as like asides which is also strange and then i think in the fourth season there's no narrator so there's no consistency (laughs) just given up
1: from (laughs) what i remember of the third season because obviously i've not watched it but i remember seeing the criticism and people did not like this new narrator they were not keen on her (laughs) she was probably the most hated character (laughs)
0: because there's no context for her like why is she so involved in all the drama like if you moved to that school and you were like why is everybody like this why is this so traumatizing why is everyone so traumatized um i'd be like oh quirky little side (laughs) let's make a judgment on this person's like like, degrading mental health in front of my eyes um also third season tries to dehumanize bryce who's a serial rapist and bully from the literal first episode like he is the arch villain of the whole story but they decided that um he has to show that he has the capacity to be a decent human being as a plot device because they ran out of things to talk about so they try and humanize the serial rapist by showing that like oh he is like painting with his mom and he like splashes her with paint and he says sorry to his victims like once and um i think they also kill him off i don't know if he kills himself but i think like (sighs) he definitely dies (laughs)
1: I, I obviously never want to see like a rapist being portrayed in a good way ever, but I think there is there's a way you can portray a rapist and like you show them as a like a human, like you show yeah. them as someone who has a life that is quite normal and then does these horrible things. But I would mm-hmm. say that the the way to maybe do that is to like start by showing this character as like someone who's living kind of a normal life, like does these good yeah. things. Uh, and then they're terrible and then you don't redeem them afterwards you know not many yeah. people then decide we're gonna have him be terrible from the beginning and then suddenly decide to redeem him like that because they've
0: just they've ran out of things to say so that's why he gets a redemption is because they needed it for a plot Just lazy writing and they had to keep it going somehow so they that's were like, probably right, why they bring in a whole new character him. yeah 100 percent. and they also give one of the characters who's like uh there's just so much depictions of like sexual violence against everybody. Um there's a scene where um there's one of the characters called Tyler who uh is bullied like mercilessly and is assaulted in season two and they treat that with like quite a lot of sensitivity when he opens right. up to Clay about it. But like the other guy sexually assaults this Tyler guy who um tried who arms himself up at the end of the season to shoot up the school.
1: Which is so Wait. So the person who has been sexually assaulted, yes, they then depict as trying to
0: to to be a school shooter. Yeah, which is and just a clay talks him down. way
1: to um, <laughs> show Treat the that. aftermath of sexual assault and rape, right? Yeah. yeah,
0: and school shooting, which is a huge thing in freaking America. Like that sounds like the absolute terror to me like can you imagine oh, yeah, going to no. school every day and thinking that your school is going to get shoot? like genuinely it's happened so many times now
1: well, yeah the fact like we do have a lot of american listeners so shout out to you and if you have uh, something to say on this we'd love to hear it because it's not a, it's not something that you prepare for in england and, and like no it's something that you have like preparation for in america which is yeah. very strange to us and yeah i can't imagine just living with that being like a possibility like a terror thing like obviously it's a a small possibility for anyone but like yeah it's it's a bigger possibility in america Mm. so it's just i can't imagine that and i can't imagine i would be very happy seeing it portrayed badly on a tv show if it's like a constant like fear of going to school
0: yeah and the way again how they solve this is that clay steps in front of tyler as he's about to walk into prom to shoot it all up right and um he talks him down and he says no like you don't have to do this he steps in front of the shooter and it just sh- the overall message is like just be kind everybody like just be kind to people which you should be kind to people like it's not that difficult but that doesn't solve anything yeah that doesn't solve any issues especially when it's like genuine like social things that are wider issues talk about gun control talk about the the accessibility of guns which is a big thing in the show as well like there's another kid who tries to shoot himself in the head and he can't well i think
1: this would be like an interesting time to hear people's point of view um who have experienced not school shootings but like having having that be like a a possibility um the way that you're told to deal with it because i know that some schools do give you like ways to deal with it if it happens um i don't think you're told to talk to the person who's doing the shooting at all because like in this case yes he managed to talk him down but usually you have to get a professional at that and professionals are not teenagers um because what could end up happening is you try and talk to them and they retaliate by shooting you yeah um and and you enrage them the message then is that like they're seeing this and they're like, okay, well, maybe next... Like, if someone ever tries to come into yeah. our school with a gun, I should try and talk them down. That's not a good message to give teenagers if that's, like, literally what they're being told the opposite of. Like, there's professionals yeah. that are very good at that. Like, I think the police here are trained to do it. I don't know if it's a universal It's like thing. a
0: hostage thing, yeah. isn't it? You, like, talk you're people t- down from jumping off a bridge, that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: you're told, like, there's actual ways um, that you're meant to talk them out of doing it. mm and
0: that's just it, like, all of it is just yeah. bad because they can't help themselves by, like, drifting into this melodrama but they keep saying, like, it just can't decide what it wants to do. It's like, we're yeah. breaking to booze. we're talking about things in the open where everything else is hidden, and that's true. Like, yeah, no one wants to talk about teen suicide or how to help it but this is not the right way to go about this conversation. It's not helping it, it's just glamorising it. It's depicting it again and again and again, like, brutal scenes. Yes of like rape and i mean they didn't do another suicide scene but it was on there for years like yeah the amount of damage that could have done for people and i remember being and for the shock of it rather than it actually being not constructive because that's the wrong word but if you want to have a conversation you have to do it in the in the way that you know like the samaritans have um and minds have like a whole thing about how to depict mental health on screen so that it's it tells people to go to get help in a different way and we um what was that play that we went to see at uni oh there's the one a play, man play
1: called every brilliant thing i think i'm getting that right great yeah, play like... it's basically like a one man show a one person yeah. show because it can it, the gender of the character doesn't really matter um and they talk about depictions of suicide in it mm. and what you should and shouldn't do and it's that's probably the first time i learned about like i, I knew i obviously knew by that point that it wasn't good to show it um, but then mm-hmm. by reading this and seeing this, it was like, oh, okay, so that's why. That's So I yeah. recommend, I think you can find this on YouTube and you can probably find the, uh, you can, I recommend reading it. It's really good. I watching watch it if you can. But that's kind of a good depiction of mental health and not, it's not mm-hmm. in teenagers, but like mental health and suicide. Um, This is not, and this kind of does exactly what no. that place is not to do.
0: <laughs> and they had a... Uh people from mind sitting like they'd paid organizers who were trained to deal with these issues to sit there in the audience so that you could go and talk to them if you felt affected by these things and that's great like that's the practice yeah, they were wearing like not
1: this they were wearing the tops with the like logos on so you knew like yeah. who they were and you could go talk to them afterwards so like that was like they they I feel like having just the cast members say at the beginning of this like oh you know we're starting a discussion but just so you know it's not great uh it's not enough like it's not enough for what they're trying to show um
0: no so they should have done better i'm glad that it's ended i don't think it should be on netflix anymore but if you've enjoyed it that's fine you're allowed to enjoy these things it's there to you know if you really connect with the characters great i'm not taking that away from you i just think on the whole they could have done way well, better than they is, did.
1: This is like what I was saying. The problem is that they tried to, like, they were marketing themselves and saying that they were a show that was targeting mental health, that was depicting mental health, that yeah. was breaking boundaries. And if they'd just been like, "We're teen drama," we could like kind of. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't have forgiven them because it's gone. It's gone too far. But I, there's aspects of it that you could forgive by being like, "Teen dramas mm. are ridiculous. They go too far. They yeah. pick plot points that are." way too much for a, a show that's a teen drama but because they stuck with being like a pioneering show on mental health the criticism mm-hmm. has to be said that they did a bad job of that yeah. and that's what yeah. we're saying if you enjoyed it as a teen drama because there was things happening that were like shocking or that because you were left with cliffhangers and you wanted to know what happened next that's fine that's fine you enjoyed it yeah. that's good but it just has to be pointed out that they, you know, the way that they covered serious topics was not good.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so they are my thoughts on 13 Reasons Why. And now for
1: the for the happy stuff. The happy stuff. So um, I've gone full on documentary here. Um, ooh. <laughs> well, so I'm covering Riverdale everyone's favourite uh, I feel like I should <laughs> clarify to begin with no I'm not a Riverdale watcher I have watched episodes occasionally with people And I'll get into why, (laughs) and I have watched some episodes for this which I'll also get into, but no, I'm not a big watcher. What I am a watcher of is the YouTube videos that are like Riverdale having a bad script for 15 minutes or whatever. They are the best YouTube videos, (laughs) everyone go watch them. I became slowly obsessed with these YouTube videos, watched them so much that I do think I know kind of everything that's happened in Riverdale
0: oh you will do yeah. because it's not like it's a lot but also not a lot at the same no. time like i watched the first i think i watched the first two seasons and then i think you know like uni life carried on um but i yeah. enjoyed the first two seasons because they were kind of like well structured but now i don't know I what don't, like, i mean
1: for one i don't think we're the right age for it i think if we'd been younger if we were watching this yeah. at 13 and i'm not saying if you're enjoying it at an older age then you're Silly, no, and just feel like for us, if we were watching at thirteen, we'd probably love it. We'd think it was the best thing ever, and really, it's yeah. no worse than any of the teen dramas we've mentioned before. This just gets a lot of attention mm. for. I mean, the writing is particularly bad, but yeah. So I love those videos. I also get a lot of TikToks on it now because the new season. Um, I mean, this is going to contain Riverdale spoilers, so if you don't want them, then this probably isn't for you. Um, but the new season does a time jump forward. So now they're all like full-on <laughs> adults, which I love. Anyway, oh. so um, we all know Riverdale. Well, probably not, but most of us know Riverdale as a teen <laughs> drama that's on Netflix. Um, I think it was one of Netflix's like big hitters in the earlier days of Netflix. Mm. Um, and we all know it as featuring... Either Zach or Cody. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, and I think that was kind <laughs> of cool. That was like a reason to watch as well. Because no one had really seen Zack or Cody since uh, he was on The Sweet Life. So it was like, whoa, <laughs> Zack or Cody is doing really well now. Um, we know the <laughs> writing is bad. We know the plot is ridiculous. But I want to know, why are people watching it? Like, what is enticing people? What's yeah. going on there? So, like, is there a genuine audience that likes the plot do people enjoy and i I want to hear people's opinions on this as well everyone's got an opinion on it but do people enjoy the plot is there something there or are they consuming it the way that like me and holly consume things like twilight breaking dawn the movies like it's Mm. terrible but we (laughs) love it like it's so bad the script is terrible baby renesme yeah oh horrific (laughs) but we love it the way some people watch Glee now in that it's so bad Mm. but it's just perfection and do the Riverdale writers know this is that why it's slowly like the writing is slowly getting worse because they're like people kind of like it because it's bad so I began my research into Riverdale in I think the best way possible because I thought how do I (laughs) learn why people want to watch Riverdale I have to interview someone who watches it and has continually watched it so I went to my consultant on Riverdale, Miss Lydia Kendall. who's <laughs> probably the only person I know that has consistently watched it. Uh, although she does yeah, I think she does say that she skips through it now. So there is bits of a plot she's not aware of. Um, <laughs> why does she still watch it? she needs it? to know. <laughs> I guess this is what we'll find out. So my first question was, um, at what point do you think the show became too ridiculous? Because I was assuming that as some reason she was watching it because she genuinely enjoyed the plot. But at some point, it has to have gotten, like, bad. It has to have gone down the toilet. So when did that happen? Because we know now that Holly watched it for two seasons. So at the end of season two, did did we just go down the toilet? Is that the time for everyone? And it seems like maybe it was... Um, So Lydia responded with hard to pin this one down but I reckon it's the point everyone talks about when Betty sees her mum and sister stood around a fire in in the front garden with babies floating in mid-air over a fire and then she has some kind of seizure? If I could give you context of this I would and then she puts in brackets and a special shout out to Archie surviving the bear attack. Um, So I researched (laughs) this and the babies over the fire appears to be the season 3 premiere so it seems that season 2 ended, they were like okay, we need to do something bigger and better (laughs) and that's when things got ridiculous Um, and the show is now on it's 5th season so that means we've had 3 whole seasons of ridiculousness and there needs (laughs) to be a reason that that's allowed to continue and yeah, Archie surviving the bear attack also happens in season 3 So season three, I think, was the season where they were like, we're going to push boundaries. And they were just seeing how far they could go. Now, were they doing it because they thought this was genuine good writing or were they doing it for attention? We'll find out. My second question was, (laughs) do you think the show does anything well? Is there a reason to continue watching despite the ridiculousness? Because this is what I want to know. Is there a reason to genuinely watch it? Mm. She said that she obviously doesn't know everything about the best way to represent people, but she does think that the show can do pretty good um, the show can be pretty good with representing diverse identities without making a huge deal about them so it's not like this like what I was kind of saying about Riverdale um, the main reasons why is it makes mental health the centre of it whereas I think Riverdale sometimes Mm. covers like things like sexuality in the background and sometimes like it's kind like sometimes you want a show that covers like how sexuality is like like only covers that and sometimes you just want to see like um Mm -hmm. i don't know like a lesbian couple just in the background just functioning as a normal couple would sometimes you just want to see that so i think it does that well she says um there are gay relationships that are just part of the narrative um as well as gay relationships like cheryl and tony's that are at the forefront um she says that some of the women are quite strong characters um there are examples of like sexism that are challenged by men and women in the story so definitely think this is a good point like um cheryl and tony's relationship is probably the best example of it it's just like a um relationship Mm -hmm. between between two women that's kind of at the forefront and a lot of people love this relationship and if you watch that for that relationship Mm -hmm. and you just want to see a happy lesbian couple fab like that's great if that's why you're watching i love that for you because you don't often get that in a lot especially in teen shows like that like Mm. someone being like from what i remember if a character comes out it's like a point of contention and they're never really happy the fact that there was a happy lesbian couple was kind of good like i know that i don't think they're together anymore spoilers but it was kind of good that they did that (laughs) and if you just want to see people be happy yeah great for you and also a lot of teen dramas are kind of responsible of doing that like bury the gays trope where they will like kill off gay characters so it was kind of good that you had which means the bar is low but the fact that they are both still alive in the show (laughs) is good (laughs) (laughs) so that's true but obviously the show is not perfect no one's gonna claim it is the representation is not always great (laughs) in fact a lot of the time it's not vanessa morgan who plays tony tweeted in 2020 that she's tired of how black people are portrayed in media tired of us being portrayed as thugs dangerous or angry scary people tired of us also being used as the sidekicks and non-dimensional characters to our white leads or only used in the ads for diversity but not actually in the show This is a really fair point Mm -hmm. on Riverdale that it's happy to have her be like one of the main characters, but no, she's not getting like the same screen time as any of the other white girls. Mm. Um, or at least like, like she exists as like a part of Cheryl, I guess. But they're trying to work on this. Lily Reinhart said that, um, like kind of responded to it in an interview saying i mean the show historically has been pretty white roberto who's the show creator is very conscious of it now to make sure that that doesn't happen again and vanessa doesn't feel like she's being put in this in that position again so they are making they're trying to change that and if that does change positively and you want to continue watching because they've made some positive changes and then good for you like continue but that yeah there is some (laughs) value in watching it for the relationships i guess and yeah, yeah. so not perfect, but compared to other teen dramas and the way they show LGBT representation, a bit better. Kind of. Mm. Not perfect, but a bit better. Um, and then I asked if there was an episode that she distinctly remembered as being the worst, and she admitted that they just kind of blend into one as being as bad as one another, but she says that the worst mm. has to be the musical episodes, and I don't know if this is like an american drama thing because i mentioned earlier that the same thing happened in once upon a time why is there always musical episodes
0: why mm. i don't know do they just run out of ideas or there's one like theater
1: kid in the right team it's like i just... saw this musical this weekend so <laughs> let's do it um but please stop forcing the actors in riverdale to sing because some of them can kevin kevin is oh, carrying it's... them all the rest I'm, can Kevin, Kevin is sing? probably the only one that can sing out of the boys. The other boys can't. And then Archie <laughs> is meant to like be the singer. And they make him sing so much in it. And I just don't think they should. Um, and then her final <laughs> thoughts on the show is just that Jughead is insufferable, which is kind of terrible for a main character. But then is that why some people are watching, just to complain about a main character? Maybe. Um, and then... Also, that the fact they use the ship names in the show is really cringy, and I have to say it is Ooh. And stop it. because that's it. like it's fun to laugh <laughs> at the bad writing, but that was too far. Um, <laughs> yeah, then we had a kind of a general discussion where we came to the conclusion that the problem with the show definitely seems to be the writers. The actors have some potential, they're not mm. terrible at acting. Some of them are quite good, and they're quite talented. but the writing mm. so bad. And I think.
0: The root of all evil.
1: It's the writing team. They are responsible for the downfall of Riverdale. Um, (laughs) But it seems like maybe the writers realise, and it seems maybe this happened at the end of season two. They realised that the show maybe didn't have strong enough of a premise to... And this is a conspiracy theory. But it Mm -hmm. didn't maybe have strong enough of a premise on its own to not be cancelled by Netflix. Because Netflix will cancel a show in like two seconds if it's not performing as well. That's why so many people's favourite shows have been cancelled. So they were like, Mm -hmm. we need to find a way to not just be any other teen drama. So did they decide to just embrace the ridiculousness? Because people were starting to make those cringy Riverdale videos on YouTube... Old press is good press. Maybe they decided to make it worse so then people would post on YouTube about it. That would lead to more people watching Riverdale. So maybe that's why people watch it. So, I've got three options for why people are still watching Riverdale. One, (laughs) despite the representation being flawed, younger viewers may view it as a kind of safe haven where various sexualities can be openly accepted. If you're not seeing that in your day-to-day life, maybe that's quite nice to see there. So maybe people are invested in the relationships which is a good thing. People right. love relationships. Option So that's yeah. option one, relationships. Number two, yeah, maybe people began in season one watching it and they genuinely became invested in the characters and they're still curious what's happening. They just want to know what happens next. So they're not mm. actually big fans, but they want to know what happens next. So I would say that's plot. So we've got relationships, plot. Number three is meme. Is it just a meme? Are people watching it as sort of a meme? Do they just want to watch it with their friends or shit on a, and like shit on it as a group? Because that's valid and that's cool.
0: And that's fun. Yes! I've definitely we'll done a drinking game with Riverdale before, yeah. but I mean, I think I was in my final year of high school. So I would do it again. <laughs> Forgive me I that. would do it again.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. So are people watching it to laugh? So we've got relationships, plot or meme. So it was time for me to find out the truth. <laughs> Do I enjoy the relationships? Do I think they're diverse? Do I think it's a nice relationship to see? To see? Is the plot actually good? Am I being drawn in mm-hmm. by it? Or am I just having a laugh at it? And I thought, can't watch it on my own. So I invited my brother to watch with me. And I had to kind of bribe him because he really did not want to watch it. Which is a surprise because <laughs> usually he watches bad things. Um,
0: thank you for your service, Jess. thank I you. you enjoyed the bribe. Yeah.
1: The bribe was I agreed to go on a walk with him. Um, so... yeah I know (laughs) it was a poor bride and I made him lunch so there was that so I decided that the best way to decide about these three categories was to watch the first ever episode and to watch the most recent episode and see I think that's incredible uh, yeah see like what was the strong point in each episode has it not like was the first episode the strong point in the memes and relationships and is it now no the relationships and the plot and is it now just memes that's the strong point Mm -hmm. so Let's begin with the first episode. So, my first thing is that I feel like I needed some warning for the episode opening with Drughead's narration. I mean, you really don't see Cole Sprouse throughout the whole episode, but the fact I had to just. It opened up on his narration was a shock to me, and I needed warning. Um, <laughs> I would say that the plot is probably the strong point of the first episode because, yeah, yeah I'm going to get into the bad p- parts, but it's kind of an interesting plot for a TV show. I mm-hmm. mean, like. I quite like it. This whole thing—if you've not seen it—there's these twins, Cheryl and Jason. I think they go off in a boat. Then Jason disappears, and they find Cheryl crying. There also seems to be a weird relationship between Cheryl and Jason. So much incest
0: in this show. I know, right? Too much.
1: But Jason also like some some people hated him. There's weird things going on there. And then the first episode ends with them like discovering his body, and there's like a bullet hole in his Mm. head. Which is kinda of good. Like I did think for a second, yeah. I kinda of wanna know what happens to Jason.
0: Like a mystery. And then they lure you in. Yes. And then I think that's why I probably stopped watching after the second season, because obviously they just dropped oh, that yeah. plot. And but it was well it was well rounded. It was like it had a thing yeah. and everyone was like, Ooh, what's going on? Second plot, they've just introduced
1: this like motorbike
0: gang yeah. for some reason. And yeah yeah. but it
1: makes yeah i don't know why they did that but the murder mystery was good it was great they did well and that was why it's kind of good for a teen drama because they're still utilizing typical teenage drama bad tropes but also Mm -hmm. throwing in this murder mystery which isn't necessarily bad because people like teen dramas that's why they're successful i mean yeah you know you have archie whose character arc in the first episode just seems to be typical Troy Bolton. Can he sing and be on the football team? Like, it's just a typical drama trope. They're going into stereotypes. And that's not enough to survive on its own. Like, that's not anything different. So you throw in a murder mystery. You get two things people like. Typical tropes of teenagers that aren't really realistic. Mm -hmm. And murder. Everyone loves it. So I kind of think that's a good thing about it. Uh, and Jack pointed out, Jack is my brother, if I didn't make that clear. Um, he <laughs> pointed out, he said that loads of bits of it are similar to Gossip Girl, which I think is kind of fitting him with like it's just picking on yes. similar tropes. However, the tropes that it picks on are probably the worst bits. And that he said, he said this when like it's like Veronica's mum and Archie's dad are like flirting. And he was like, yeah. all the parents get together in Gossip Girl. And that seems to be what's happening yeah. here, which is. An odd trope for teen dramas, but there we go. People's parents (laughs) get together. Um, uh, But yeah, immediately clear that the low point is the writing. The writing is not a good bit of the show. I can see the writing team are letting them down. And I don't know, maybe maybe some people liked this aspect because it seemed like they wanted to be kind of quirky. They didn't want to do the typical teen drama like script so they tried to make these teens really intelligent but so they mm. would reference like books and movies but they only ever have base knowledge of them so like the mo- <laughs> the one that I'm really thinking of is when Veronica's kind of introduced to Betty and Archie she references two Truman Capote books and she says to Archie oh are you aware of Truman Capote and he's like yeah or something and she then says something about being like breakfast at tiffany's but this is in cold blood or whatever her second book was yeah in in cold Cold blood Blood, so she mentioned these true crime book yeah Yeah. she mentions these plots as if like you had to know much about truman capote to understand the reference (laughs) you don't you just need no. to know two titles of Truman Capote books, and it, but it was such a pointless. Like, it annoyed me. It's so pointless that they put that in there, and it clearly was just put in to be like she's intelligent. She's she reads. Clever. She might not have read those books. She might not. Have. I don't think she has. No, I've literally <laughs> read in Cold Blood, and I can't remember the title. It, it proves nothing. <laughs> so, but it was the fact she was like, "Are you aware of Truman Capote?" And then just reference two titles of it was so stupid but you do get the impression that they've never heard teenagers talk before which is good in a teen drama not um so that is definitely the low point and i would say that another thing that i fully blame the writers for is the fact that they they have in the episode betty and veronica trying out to be cheerleaders and they are Uh, They're so bad, and Cheryl is just like, you are very bad, despite the fact I think she's meant to be the villain in this season, but she just is very valid in saying that they're bad, because they were. Um, So, to impress Cheryl, Betty and Veronica kiss. So, in a teen drama, they decided to get these teen girls, and I know the actors won't have been, but be like, ah, let's do some performative sexuality and have you for some reason kiss to get on a cheerleading squad no one asked them to at all <laughs> it was so stupid I don't know why they included that so and like it just seems like an insult that like in later seasons they for some people represent sexuality and lesbian relationships really well that they threw in this bit mm. of performative like oh look at us like <laughs> we're a edgy teen show um <laughs> And you also just get straight into Archie having a relationship with a teacher, which I don't know how this ended, so I don't know, like, I'm hoping they're not condoning this relationship, but they're not really doing anything in the episode to say it's wrong.
0: I'm trying to remember. I think she has to break it up because Archie wants more. But it's not really going like,
1: oh, you shouldn't, shouldn't be no. with your teachers. No, so you're a groomer. Yeah, She is a groomer, and mm-hmm. so that was kind of weird. But I definitely bl- blame the writers for that. Because other than that, it was the episode's okay. The script's just really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite of my brother's reaction to the whole episode were at ten minutes. He said, "I hate this show," and then said. <laughs> No one like this exists, which I think fits with the script writing being bad. And then I heard him audibly gasp and then giggle when they said the name Jughead, because he apparently didn't know that was a name in the show. It's it's so why is it called Jughead?
0: It's beyond, I hate, I hate the names yeah, that they give people. And what was the other one? Oh. Archie, Archie Kins Kins and like, Daddy Kins. The fact that she calls him Archie Kins the whole time, I think that's also what put oh, me off yes. more than anything. It was I like, I can't listen it. to like, Veronica say Archie Because Kins I do one think the
1: girl who plays Veronica has probably like, got some potential, but I feel like they just target her in particular with the bad script. She seems mm. to get the worst of it because there's no way that she could like convey a serious scene and then have to end it with her saying Daddy Kins to her dad. <laughs> Like, there's no way she could do... It. And they, like, seem... They, for some reason, dress her like she's, like, a 40-year-old woman, professional businesswoman. Yeah. And it's like, you have never met a teenager. So, it's just... And also, oh, the, t- the teacher who's, like, grooming Archie that they refuse to call grooming... Um, it's called like Gertrude Grundy or something. I don't know. I remember hearing the name yep. and being like, what? Anyway, so initially my <laughs> thoughts on the first episode were that, yeah, I think people probably kept watching for the plot. The relationships aren't really that strong in the first episode. The, the yeah. All you get is kind of this like love triangle between Betty, Jughead, and Veronica, and that's not really that new, is it? Like no one really likes Love Triangles anymore. (laughs) So it's definitely the plot that keeps people watching, and I don't think they're embracing any meme quality at this point. So relationship and memeability low in the first episode. But plot pretty Mm -hmm. high. I think plot's good and if they'd have just got some different writers, I think it could have been a kinda good teenage drama. But no. So then we get to the most recent episode, which for me on my Netflix, I don't know if it's different like I think this is the last episode, but basically if it changes by the time this comes out, I'm sorry. But the most recent episode for me was season 5 episode 10, which may I think is the, the season finale, because I don't think they've done any more, or maybe it's a mid-season finale, but, okay, so the plot. <laughs> um, I definitely think the audience that they're playing to has to be, a t- like, 12 to 15 year olds, because okay. I think anyone above that age would know that, like, the scenarios that the like characters are in are not normal scenarios for 20 year olds to be in Like the one I can think mm. of in particular is that Veronica is like married and getting a divorce already and I don't know how, how old they're meant to be but I don't <laughs> think they're like that far into their 20s and it just it just strikes you as I, I guess when you're watching it as an adult you're a bit like this is so unrealistic also Veronica seems to have a massive mm. business empire, I'm not fully sure on that um <laughs> So, I could definitely see myself watching it, though, like, just, like, with a group of people. The plot's not strong anymore, but it's kind of funny, and, like, Mm. I can imagine, like, watching it with a group of girls and us just drinking or playing a drinking game with it. It does have big drinking game energy, which is kind of good, but you can't do that every week. But (laughs) I definitely think the reason why you would watch it (laughs) if you're older is because you're now invested in the characters and what happens to them or mm-hmm. you just like you do find it funny on your own but other than that the plot isn't that great but i will say there's still a lot of cliffhangers which is kind yeah. of good i just i did think oh what's going to happen with this plot line so i guess that's kind of good okay. but i will say the editing on the show is weird like the scenes only last about 2 minutes and then it cuts to another really fast which is weird. Oh. Um, the relationships. I don't think this was the best episode to demonstrate any of the relationships because now they're older. Their relationships aren't really with one o- one another, which I think is maybe why okay. like Cheryl and Tony aren't together. Tony wasn't even in the episode because apparently she's pregnant. I don't know what's happening there, but they just at one point <laughs> they're like, "Oh yeah, Tony's on bed rest because she's pregnant," but I don't know what's going on there. Um, I think the best relationship you probably see is Betty and her mum, and this was confusing for me, because in the first episode, Betty's mum's just a horrible person, but in this episode, (laughs) Betty and her mum seem to be raising two children together, which was kind of good, like, it was kind of sweet. Um, So that's probably the best relationship in it. Uh, But no, I don't think you you didn't get any of the good um, representative relationships, or just good relationships that you would be invested in. I mean, there's a little scene between Archie and Veronica, but then she seems to go back to her husband so there's that anyway then the memes i think it's like solely has to be the memes at this point and i will i'm just going to explain why so the whole gang for some reason is working at their old school as teachers now it's not made clear what they teach but from what i've seen of archie it seems like he's (laughs) just teaching army studies like he just which as far as i'm aware isn't a class um is that why they're blowing
0: up those when the trailer came out that they was like blowing up the football field? And everyone's yes, like, Archie, Archie gone did go to war?
1: war? That is a thing. I don't because oh. it, throughout <laughs> it, my brother just kept going, He was in the army, you know, because they just keep going, He was in the army. It's so evident to you that he was in the army, like they mention it so often. So, in the school bit where we're with Archie and Kevin, um there's this whole fight at the school because these men have escaped prison. And Archie is fighting them off what? on his own because he was in the army. Um, and somehow at one point gets his, hand on, gets his hands on a machete to fight them. I have no idea where he got a machete from. What? But suddenly it was like a new scene and me and Jack were like, why has he now got a machete in a school? It made no sense. <laughs> Veronica, the strong point of her plot line is that she's divorcing a man called Chad Gecko. Um, I don't know why, but that was just incredible to me. There's this whole plot line where she's like... I wished him dead one night and then we got it... Like, they were out and about. I wished him dead because they got in a fight. Then they got in a helicopter to go home, um, which he was piloting. <laughs> I think he's meant to be like this version of Christian Grey. I don't know. He's piloting the plane and then they crash and she wakes up in the hospital. He does too. And she's like, oh my God, it's because I wished him dead. And then later on in the episode, she asks him if, if he crashed the helicopter on purpose, which is not something that ever happens, I don't think... Um. So, and then Cheryl, her main plot point for me is that uh, she's with this new girl there in a relationship. Can't remember this new girl's name, but at one point, her and her mom and grandmother seem to consider sacrificing this girl. And it's very strange <laughs> because they're like trees are burning and they need to sacrifice someone. I don't know. Um, Cheryl at one point says, "I'm shooketh," which was. Excellent. And I think Cheryl has to be my favourite meme because they have clearly given her the worst lines. But boy, is she delivering them. And I kind of have to respect it. And I think I found her like the most enjoyable to watch just because she was so yeah. ridiculous that it's kind of enjoyable to watch her. I definitely feel like she's my favourite character. Then we get on to the last two memes. Um, These are the best bits of the episode. So we've got memes from Jughead, Jughead and Betty. So Jughead... Um, For some reason, looks super old now. Uh, He looks creepy and really, like, sweaty. I don't know. I think this is okay. (laughs) He's got this weird (laughs) little mustache, and I hate it. Um, But for some reason, like, the other characters are going through, like, some serious stuff in this episode, like, adult things, like, teaching in a high school, Betty's in the FBI, Veronica's getting a divorce, Kevin works at the school doing the glee club, Cheryl is going to sacrifice her girlfriend... (laughs) Like, they're all doing serious things, and like Jughead's <laughs> whole plot point in the episode is trying to get some magic mushrooms so that he can write this short story. Cause he, like, needs to access his trauma <laughs> or something. And I also don't know if they couldn't call them magic mushrooms in the episode, because they will only refer to them as maple mushrooms. Um I- And then th- the episode ends. Oh He sees an alien. And we don't know if this is him on, like, <laughs> drugs. Like, because he's on the mushrooms, right? We don't know if it's, a really, uh, like, it's due to that or if he has been abducted by aliens because the episode ends with, like, his... I don't think she's his girlfriend, but this girl he's, like, hanging out with, she comes down and, like, she'd handcuffed him while he was on his trip, which was so stupid. And she comes down and there's, like, blood everywhere and he's nowhere to be found. And... Yeah, well, you're, I think you're meant to believe he's been abducted by aliens because the last you see of him is like he's walking towards this bright light and at one point he sees an alien in the episode so don't know what's happening there but I absolutely love it i am kind of invested then oh Betty this is the perfect plot line I, in any TV show ever I absolutely adore it Betty's in the FBI as I mentioned earlier um, because and that's what I mean about like I don't think these are like normal plot lines for people in their 20s Um mm. And she, like, throughout the episode, they kind of discuss how her and her family have this serial killer gene, which is not a real thing, so cool. Um, Betty's fake half-brother and Betty's real half-brother show up, because they've also escaped from prison, which they were in together. They show up to the, like, children's birthday party, the children that Betty and her mum are raising together. They show up, and they ask Betty's mum if she will ordain their marriage to one another. So Betty's pretend half-brother Ooh. and her real half-brother then get married to one another, and then they like <laughs> make Betty stab no. this man. I don't know, there's the whole thing going on, but good for them. Um, So good. Like I mean, it was terrible, and somehow kind of boring at points, but then <laughs> they would throw in something like this. The fact that these two men came in and went, we want you to marry us, was incredible. They were like literally just marry us and then we'll leave. And there's these two like th- like ch- ch- children just stood there at the wedding in party hats. I loved this. Um. So obviously it's ridiculous. It's terrible. I can only see the value of this episode, and maybe this was a bad episode to do it on. But the only episode really will have been the meme. There's no the only value to the episode really is the memes. But there's something like you could say there's some value in the plot. The fact that I kind of want to know what happened to Jughead. Mm i mean it probably won't be as exciting as i think it is but that is kind of why people probably watch because that's weird i've no idea what happened to him <laughs> that's, that's so funny that you reach
0: like the end of writing for this character and you're like i can't take him anywhere else because all he does is whinge and write and he's like i need to go on a trip and everyone else has got like a weird kind of like semi-plot but something going for them there's nothing going for this guy yeah. So you get him There was no other option for him. <laughs> yes.
1: There was no other option. It's so good, um. But yeah, I, I can wow. only assume that the people who are like our age and watching it are either just too invested in the plot at this point and they need to know what happens to their favourite characters, which is fair. Yeah. I get, like, if you're a yeah. full-on Cheryl and Tony shipper, you probably want to know if they're going to end up together. That's yeah. fair. I probably would too if I'd watched the whole thing and you just broke up my favourite couple. I want to know yeah. if they end up together. That's fair. I also kind of want to <laughs> know what's happening with Tony and the babies. Like, why is she now having a baby? Um, and who's, whose baby is it? Anyway, so I can just... <laughs> I, other than that, I just think people must be watching it because it's so ridiculous. Um, and that's that. I just think that's the only reason why. And then just to end on, I just want to finish with my top five cringeworthy moments from Riverdale. So number five, the band. I don't have context for this, but I think it happens in season four. Um, Betty, Veronica, Jughead and Archie. And then Kevin is on the keyboard for some reason, former band. And you probably know this is it's such a good <laughs> meme. Um, Cole Sprouse, once again, cannot sing. Uh, so I don't know why they keep making him but the bit that's the meme is for some reason they <laughs> decide to just shout out everyone's name. So like, here's to Ronnie, and Archie, and Betty, and Jerkhead, and Joni. Which is a ship name for Cheryl and Tony. <laughs> and Joni, and Reggie, and me. Incredible. Why does that exist? So good. Um, Number four is the musical episodes. <laughs> I don't know why they've done so many. Why do they exist? But my favorite one for how terrible it is is the Heather's one. I'm. I think I've linked a video to just show how terrible it is um the choreography there's a bit where kevin is singing and they're just doing this weird little sway thing so bad um yeah and another example of cole just not being able to sing so well done number three is chad michael murray who is just a legend of the teen dramas having a cult on the show that harvests organs. like the fact that they were like okay who used to be big on teen dramas in the noughties Chad Michael Murray was the hero of teen dramas oh, he was everywhere like world. you know we all came out of watching a Cinderella story and we were like Chad Michael Murray is my life now and they were like, "Let's take this <laughs> legend." They knew what was going to get viewers in. they were like, "Take this legend of the <laughs> naughties teen drama, bring him into our teen drama, and have him have a <laughs> cult that harvests organs." <laughs> and then I think he like he's trying to propel himself in a, a rocket on the last episode, and then he dies. Uh, number two is oh, The last two. You've got to know what they're going to be because la- the second to last second one is Archie saying that means you haven't known the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football to a boy who's in juvie with him who had to drop out of high school to sell drugs to Spotter's nana, and he says to him that he doesn't know the epic highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> uh, so the last one, you've got to know what it is. Oh, you've got to know. If you're familiar with Riverdale memes, you're going to know it. Jughead saying, in case you haven't noticed, I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. I don't fit in and I don't want to fit in. Have you ever seen me without this stupid hat on? (laughs) Thank you, Riverdale. Thank you for those moments. I have to, like, I have to give credit to you. If you wrote those lines seriously, congratulations, that is the worst writing ever. But if you didn't, you you have probably pulled off the most elaborate heist in the history of television and that you have created... (laughs) this TV show that people think they're meant to take seriously, but actually it's a massive joke and I choose to believe that. That they are just... I can't live in a world where Riverdale is a serious TV show that exists. (laughs) I can't. So I have to believe that this is an elaborate heist it is absolutely and they're getting
0: funded by netflix to keep doing it and keep making more seasons and so it, that is oh, the joke yeah. is on us oh, those of us
1: that are all like, but like, i just going think on the way this? it escalates is so funny to me and i just hope like all the other shows that netflix are making that people are obsessed with escalate in a similar way like bridgerton can we involve aliens like is it? <laughs> can we have a similar character like Bridgerton, the, the woman like I haven't watched her, but the woman that does the letters, she essentially is like the like jughead of Bridgerton. So is yeah. it gonna escalate in a Riverdale yeah, way? Because is. I hope so. Emily in Paris, give me Riverdale escalation. I need Emily to somehow <laughs> join the FBI and like have a serial killer gene. And that's just the way like if if Netflix is gonna continue such bad shows. <laughs> And I'm not hating on anyone for liking them because, you know, we premise this this podcast with me loving Once Upon a Time and Holly loving Teen Wolf. So there is no judgment in this house today. Exactly. But if Netflix is going to allow these <laughs> shows to continue, please make them the worst they can possibly be. Don't just make them a little bit bad. Make them epically bad. And that is my last message. Because what we got <laughs> is, here we've looked at 13 Reasons Why, which was a show... That never admitted that it was doing stuff wrong. It never embraced that. Yeah, no. And it just continued to do things worse and worse. And then we have Riverdale, which I'm hoping this is them just embracing that they're so bad, and to get viewers they just have to be more and more terrible. So it, that's it. Holly, have you got any conclusionary thoughts?
0: I just think that yeah, if you're a teen by any chance, and I know bro, relationship- no.
1: Not but we really. all but once
0: but teen. We <laughs> were once the teen and i'm you've actually kind of sold like later riverdale to me because i feel like i would go back or at least because i've been watching the things where it's like yeah right what happened to riverdale mm, i've watched a lot of those so videos because they're amazing and it's like what happened to riverdale because i like, yeah. also, also want to know you also want to know where they took it but i think i remember in the second season they had like I can were they called like the Snake Skins or something? It was a the motorbike gang.
1: The Southside Serpents. That was it. The Southside Serpents. South Side. <laughs> I know this because I looked up literally yesterday because Jack was like, I hate Jughead's tattoos. Um, and I was like, oh, I think it's from the time he was the leader of a bike yeah. gang. And he was like, What? And I was like, Yeah, he was a leader of that gang while in high school. He was like, Please find the name of them. And yeah, the name of them is the Southside So Led by Jughead
0: and his little sister, a teenage boy, Jelly Bean. Are
1: these their actual names? Yes. Like, are they-
0: Oh, and this was like why I had to I had to walk away from it because I was like, this is getting yeah. stupid. Why are you still wearing that hat? No, you're not the leader of a motorbike gang. And also, they made up a stupid drug that I don't even remember the name what
1: it, but I remember when oh, jingle jangle. <laughs> Why do I know so much about it? It seems like I'm just being exposed because so like, I'm exposing myself as a true Riverdale fan, apparently, but I genuinely have only watched the first and last episode <laughs> and then a couple in the middle. I definitely watched the ones with Chad Michael Murray having the <laughs> the, the cult. That's how they got viewers in. They knew that I'd be a sucker for Chad Michael Murray and <laughs> Chad Michael Murray has, I, I just love saying his whole name, I'm sorry, but Chad Michael Murray has only gotten better looking. I was about to
0: say he's the age drill. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. so much better looking now he's got like a little beard and like longer hair i don't Ooh. know why i don't see him in more things Only <laughs> <laughs> now i'm just thinking about chad michael murray <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i think i mean i kind of before i found it kind of annoying but i enjoyed watching the like people reacting to being like what is happening yeah. in riverdale so i think for the meme content great i'm very happy 13 reasons why is over and yeah i'm kind of sad that i'm not like in that teen thing anymore i'm not i'm not the target audience I, for it
1: <laughs> i'm sad too i think but we've had we've had our, we've fun. Had our fun we did we've it's had our fun, fun. <laughs> and yeah please please let us know because it'll provide us so much joy if you also have like a cringy teen drama story <laughs> was there a teen drama that you absolutely loved that it's just embarrassing now were you on super hulock tumblr at the time were you a big person on tumblr in that time what were you obsessed with please let us know and please be equally as embarrassing as us because yeah (laughs) we have named two of probably the most embarrassing teen shows like Mm -hmm. so if you think you can top us i dare you yeah i double dog dare you because (laughs) like if you've got something that's niche bad Oh, I I want to hear it. We want to know. So we will conclude very quickly with some TikToks of the week. Um, mine was... Oh, so mine's from at I'm Beyonce always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love the name. So this one is kind of... I want to say redemption on just because we always are so mean about this man. But I feel like he <laughs> kind of deserves it. So it's a, the TikTok of Jimmy Fallon one of the jimmies but i know we were kind of mean about last week about him not like because tina Fey's obsessed with him and we always refer to jimmy fallon and kimmel as just the jimmies because we we cannot tell them apart and i don't know if that that's maybe because they're not like on the tv here all the time but how do you tell them apart i swear they look the same Mm mm-hmm and they're both called Jimmy. How do you have two Jimmys doing the same job? Anyway, the redemption <laughs> arc for Jimmy Fallon is I actually laughed at this because it's Jimmy Fallon hosting, I think, the Emmys at one point. And he's like running around the stage with like an autotune mic or doing that like robot y voice that I was trying to do earlier. Um And he's just going, everybody ready to party? As he runs around the stage, which isn't very funny. Um, But then he falls over. (laughs) like He's still got the tune mic and he's going, ow, help. (laughs) And then it ends with him going, don't just stare at a human like this. (laughs) And it actually made me laugh. So I wanted to share it as a semi-redemption arc to whichever Jimmy that was. Jimmy Fallon, actually. Um... (laughs) I'm sorry if we've hurt your feelings, Jimmy Fallon. I do think uh, criticism is valid sometimes. But oh my God,
0: absolutely. I
1: will say that. Because the thing is, both of the Jimmys have done blackface, I swear.
0: Oh, for God's sake.
1: So, so like, we do have valid criticism, but I did want to say that, like, I actually found that funny. And Steve Carell was in the audience and he was finding it equally as funny as me. <laughs> Holly. Um,
0: my TikTok of the comes from. Sage Spirit One One One, love the name. Um, who has done a remix dance to that sped up to Boris Johnson's like incoherent babblings? And I get so many love of these in my you page. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's always like get a lovely blue passport. And <laughs> I think this one he says, "Yes, you invertebrate jelly."
1: <laughs> why do I feel like I might have seen these?
0: You probably have.
1: Like and people the, are very creative. The blue. <laughs> reminded me of something blue passport (laughs) um yes please we will be sharing these lovely tiktoks on saturday instagram on saturday so get there on saturday or if you can be bothered type in the that we have said today on tiktok and give everyone a nice follow and give them a comment saying came here from culture (laughs) Hang." (laughs) you don't have to do that but if you want to that'd be fun also we have a tiktok go check it out we got some cool discussions going on this week yeah we did on the comments so we love to see discussions going on that's great we love it (laughs) we love discussions so holly closing message for this week
0: i think if you like what you like the world is hard enough to be you know petty about things if you like gabby hannah's poetry No one can take that away from you, but just maybe don't look at Twitter what she's doing at the moment because it might undermine.
1: (laughs) No, No. and yeah, I think that's a good final message in that, like kind of what we've said today. um, Valid criticism always good, always good, always good to have opinions and criticism that is valid to you. That is fine. And lovely. Yes. Um, but keep it valid, guys. We know you will. Anyone listening to this is a lovely human being. Indeed. We do. I only have the nicest <laughs> viewers. And we will say um, that we have... I'm just trying to figure out what our scheduling is. Yes, on Friday, we will have the final episode of the season of Remember When. Um, you don't have long to wait, hopefully, for another season. But it's our final season where we will be deciding which one of the... Pop culture moments was the best, I so know. it's going to be quite something. High tension,
0: high drama. And yeah, I think
1: we will be giving a big thank you to everyone who's been on Remember When, but we just want to give a quick thank you here too. So thank you so much for any who's you. on it, and go check out Remember When, and then go check out the people who were on it because they were all super they were wonderful yeah, yeah, every one of them. And thank you to all you guys as well because we've been having a good time podcasting and do so and it's because of you guys and also because we love it but also because of you guys. <laughs> it's both. One because we love it. Two because everyone is so lovely. So thank you and thank you. goodbye. Bye bye.